here uh, for episode two of FTU, Life After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez. I'm here with my friend, uh, Luis Crespo, junior to everyone. Uh, but before we get on with the interview, I just want to let everyone know I've been junior for about I don't know, 16 years. He was my first team sergeant over in uh, special operations. Very intelligent person. I consider him a friend, a mentor, and a brother. Some news before we move on. Uh, this podcast is focused towards like after military transition. Uh, so we're going to change that little uh, picture that I have because that was first just to get people's attention to hopefully you click click on the podcast and listen. We don't want to have anything to do with my previous life being in the um, So I had to come up with a new logo. What could be more pretentious? more egotistical than just having a picture of myself. And it's one of the few pictures of me smiling, so that's going to be the new logo. And there's a story behind that, but we'll get into that some other time. So with that, I just want to introduce you to my friend, Junior. Junior, the floor is open to you. Just whatever you want to talk about. Hey, well, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Luis Crespo, go by Junior, most... Everybody that uh, that knows me, um, they call me Junior. Served uh, a little over twenty-four years, twenty-five years in the military. Um, Twenty of those were here on the uh, uh, Fort Bragg installation, home of the Airborne Special Operations. Um, you know, within those uh, twenty-four years, twenty-five. Uh, I have learned a lot of good and bad you know, from other other people, and um, learning that, learning those things, and, and, and you know, paying attention to other people um, made me a more resilient type of person, the person that I am today, and the person that I was as I grew through the ranks. Um, never changed who I was. Number one, you know, drop promotion from E1 to you know retired first sergeant. I was always me, and I think that's what always got me in trouble. That you know, <laughs> my character stayed. I, I stayed who I was. You know, I was real. Um, you know, like they always say in the military, I never forget where you come from. I'm not sure as hell didn't. I never forgot where I came from. So I was always real with everybody. And I, you know, you know that. You know, from the lowest soldier to you know the lowest ranking. In the army to you know the highest. I didn't really give a crap. Um, but yeah, um, transitioned out last year and uh, transitioned out from Germany. You know, came back to North Carolina because that's, that's where we have family and you know, my son is stationed here. Um, and everyone's relatively close by. And uh, wanted to pay. 
pay for what my in-laws gave did for me while I was, you know, while I was serving. You know, they moved uh, from up north here to be able to help my wife and my kids while I was gone all the time. So I figured I'd pay that forward just by moving back to North Carolina and uh, being a good son-in-law. Yeah, well, you know, when we left, it was, well, you, I think you're probably the last friend I had that was here and uh, left. So for me personally, you know, it was a little bit, it's a little difficult because, you know, in, my, in the first episode, I, you know, explained that you, John, Joe, Lando, Jesse, and Drew, uh, consider you guys brothers. I tried to talk to you on a regular basis. And, uh, you were the last one who left. For me, I felt like I was employed. Fortunately, you know, I still had my family still at work and I was still going. But when I got out, it's not, I didn't miss the military. I just had an excess amount of time on my hands. Still getting used to what to do with that time. Can you explain, like, did you have that same problem? If you did, like, how did you work through that? Or were you just, did you have your plan set out like 20 years ago? Like, you knew exactly what you were going to do? How did you prepare? When did you know, like, hey, this is the time I need to prepare? Did you change your mindset? Did you still, were you still like, hey, I'm just, I'm retiring as a first sergeant, I'm going to keep that mindset as a first sergeant? Like, what worked for you? What worked for me was that. Um, I think I started really planning, I'm not going to say mentally, but just started planning for retirement maybe four years, four years out, you know. And I say planning because that's when I started trying to cut all the debt that we had, um, minimize, you know, some of the toys I had and some of the stuff we just had in, in storage. Um, but I can relate with all that excess time. Uh, because my last my last tour was in, in Germany, right? In Germany, that pandemic hit. So it was what, man, it was a long time that um, that I spent, you know, day on, day off, at, you know, going into the, to the organization and then staying at home. And then when it came time, it was like, hey, uh, you know, I had... I was uh, a training exercise song major, and when the incoming guy came in, um, he was like, hey, just introduce me to important people, and you can just do your thing and start to prepare for retirement. I was like, whoa. That's when it all, all hit, reality hit. You know, I grew my afro out, I grew a new beard. I spent a lot of time um, just trying to figure things out. One was I was finishing up my master's, so that kind of helped. Um, but then I started a project, a car project in Germany. So our little apartment ended up looking like, you know, rock auto over and, and auto zone because I just ordered so much stuff to keep me busy when I wasn't working on my, my degree. Um, and it is, it's horrible because, you know, felt lonely because my kid was at school was doing something else, and then there was just those voids, those pockets of, okay, i got to find something to do. Kind of like what you said in the first what, what do I do with my hands? You know? 
it was freaking crazy. So um, I just had to find things to do, man. And it was hard. And then uh, I spent a lot of time, like, reaching out to people back here at Bragg, or just people that we used to, that we used to communicate with. And then there was points where I said, you know what? I'm cutting up my circle. Right? And um, you said it best, too. Like, you had that big circle of friends or who you thought are friends, and then you cut it down to just, you minimize it. And I minimize it a whole lot. I just stopped reaching out to certain folks. There's a point where I just stopped reaching out to everybody and see who would reach out to me. And I'm like, okay, I'm keeping that guy as my, you know what I'm saying? I'm keeping that guy as one of my close contacts. Um, so, uh, full circle. Yeah, man, I can relate all that time, downtime, don't know what to do. There was a lot of time in the gym, but then I had to do, I had to get a second surgery on my back, so just figuring out something, man. Yeah, so for me, you know, I I love to run. I, I like to do half marathons, full marathons. Well, 21 years jumping out of airplanes, running marathons, it's just not going to happen anymore. For me, that was two hours out of my day right there. You know, my kids are gone. I just, it was just, I wasn't ready for that silence. That's what got Not so much that I didn't have anything to do, but I just wasn't ready for that silence. For me, when I had that silence, it gave me way too much time to think. Um, so, I, again, I started this new job. So, very thankful that I was able to find employment. I took 10 days off after I signed out, started this new job. Just finished my third week. I'll be honest, last week, I thought I was going to be fired. Not because I did anything wrong, but just because it's just a different pace. My boss, I have probably the most understanding boss on the planet. He said, don't worry about it. You're doing fine. Just... You're good. I just want to see how you teach a class. Just it, it's great. Like everybody's happy here. We're glad they have you here. And he just told me what I needed to hear because last week was probably one of the most stressful weeks I had in my life. And I was just sitting at a desk. For me, that was something new because in the military, you have somebody that comes in right away and say, "Hey, you're not doing anything. What's wrong with you?" Big dummy, yeah, you know. And this allowed me to do my job. So I know when you got out, you found a job. Just so everyone knows, Junior has started his own business. We'll get into that in a little bit. But can you tell us just how did you go about looking for jobs? Man, so I went about looking for jobs, kind of like everybody else. I just started, I just started slinging my resume um, everywhere, just to see who would bite. Usually, they tell you to wait to like you like five months, maybe six months out. I was like, whatever. I was just throwing them out there, and I think I was thirteen months out. And um, 
I started getting some bites. So I'd do interviews. I did a lot of interviews, and it was all practice, you know. Um, did several for GS positions up at SWIC. Um, and then uh, I, had, um, I had somebody I went through, um, one of the, uh, it wasn't SFLZ, but it was another course um, that I had signed up for. And uh, there was probably like eight of us in this, in this little course, and it's another transition course. They helped you with resumes to help you um, turn that army lingo into, or not just army lingo, but military lingo into civilian life words, right? Um, so anyway, one of the individuals I was in that course with gave me a call literally a week before I was about to leave Germany. He said, hey, man, I'm here at Fort Bragg. I said, um, I have a job for you. He was like, uh, never mind. You already got the job. Um, just show up um, on June, I think it was like mid-June. It's like I got here June 10th. He's like, just show up. I'm like, okay, I didn't even ask what I was doing, man. I just like, after that, it was a job. You know, it was my, you know, that foot in the door. And uh, started that job. I did it for 10 months. And then I got called for a, a GS position that um, uh, I didn't apply for. It was just so many positions that I did apply for. Um, had interviews. I guess the name and resume just went on down. And I um, I interviewed for a GS-14 chief of manpower for the hospital. Um, I got it, and I stayed there literally for five days. Did my first and my last meeting. Um, just because I didn't want to in that environment no no yeah I totally I totally get it um, you know if I haven't mentioned it before I, I worked back at Fort, Fort Bragg um, and for uh, at least the past five years I mentioned that I did not want to work for the military and I did not want to step on Fort, Fort uh, Bragg oh I didn't want to drive through there nothing um, but this job, they reached out to me, talked to my boss. It just seems like a good fit. And not working where I used to work, which is the worst thing. I don't think you can truly transition to go work right back to the same place you just left. Now, for me, in the military, I don't, maybe this is just me being me bit of a pessimist. But I don't think they really teach us how to win. They teach us a lot. Try. Go out and try. But the odds are always three to one. So only go out and try if you're guaranteed to win. I've never liked that. My parents taught me, and I forgot it along the way. They taught me not to be afraid to win. Don't try. Like we've taught too many people to be, we tell people, don't be afraid to fail. Okay, if that's your perspective, sure. My perspective is, don't be afraid to win. You exemplify that because you left that job, a GS job, which a lot of people try years to get one of those jobs because of the security. To bet on yourself, I don't think it's worth betting on yourself, to start your own business. You just describe what happened. 
what did you want to do? How did you know you wanted to do it? And how did you go about finding the location, finding the building, just the whole process? Well, finding the location, um, it's funny because being stationed here for, um, you know, just about 20 years, we've driven out this way for going out the training, coming back, and I've always seen this place here. It's called uh, Bragg Automotive and Muffler. Never stopped in the 20 years. Yeah, the first time I stopped was um, when we came back from Germany. That project I was working on, that, that facade, Volkswagen facade, I needed some exhaust because um, I ran true duels out the back, and I brought it here. And then um, I just started thinking, talking to an old man that was sitting out here from uh, Rockfish uh, Christian Church, and um, he turned to me, he's like, you know who's selling this place? I'm like, huh. Just ran in my head. I'm like, why is this dude telling me this random stuff? Why am I even considering it? So I had asked the guy, or asked one of the gentlemen that worked here, I said, hey, um, is uh, the owner selling this place? He's like, no, he's selling the name. He don't own this place. I'm like, well, I guess I'll need to talk to him. So in my mind, I just went like we do, right? Like we've been kind of trained. I'm like, okay, let's cut out the middle, man. Let me go straight to the source. Um, so uh, let me back up. So, yeah, I thought about, let me go straight to the source. But I went home and I actually thought about this for a while. Um, since I had sleepless nights, I was up early just thinking, writing stuff down. How would I do this? How would I do blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? And like you said, Tony, just don't be afraid. I was like, I went head first, you know. I put my business plan together. Um, which was my, my caps kind of like my capstone for, for my masters. I used it as a, um, as a draft and had my wife tweak it because she's an English major. And then I went over here and seen the, the Odell's that own this property and talked to them and let them know what my business, uh, what my plan was, right? And I, and I'll use the military term or maybe it's a civilian term, the glide path. I showed them my glide path on a, on a PowerPoint and said, this is where I'll start. And start was just buying the place and starting from ground ground zero, you know, no pun intended. Just starting from, from scratch. The place was horrible. So I just um, I came in here, just started sweeping, started mopping, started throwing stuff out. And um, uh, there was an older gentleman that started coming to visit, 78 years old, man, uh, Mr. Slater. And he came in and started helping me as well, you know, cleaning up, wiping up, you know, wiping things down. You built a bench that, that, that sits out in front of the shop that everybody sits on, and it's, a, it's the centerpiece that people sit there and they're doing um, what I had envisioned, right? Socializing, getting to meet other people as they're waiting, you know, for their vehicles or just, or whatever. Um, and, uh, so part of that glide path is, you know, um, and I'll, I'll fast forward to the 24-month mark. 24-month mark, I have the land next door where the billboard is, that sign. Well, the plan is to build a classroom and two more bays, and that's to bring something to Spring Lake that I think is missing, and it's kind of missing all throughout different counties, and that's a, a technical school, something that kids, young adults, can use their hands, you know what I mean, um, to learn a new trade. So 
in 24 months, that's the goal is to have that building and um, to at least have two certified ASC guys that'll teach um, uh, that'll teach out there. But let me go back just a little bit. Uh, once that once that building is made in the two bays in that classroom, um, the technical side of the house is going to be called five bays uh, because the first two bays is you know kind of like phase one and two. They're going to learn. Um, if they don't have a, a GED or a high school diploma, that's the first uh, pre-phase, right? Because there's two ladies from church that will go ahead and school people up to at least have one certificate or diploma. You know how that motivates people, man. It's like, yo, I got a piece of paper. Cool. So to, to speed up the story a little bit, um, going through five bays, um, you know, they'll learn in their uh, basic tools, how to use the tools, how to implement um, those tools on a vehicle or even uh, body shop stuff. Um, and by the time they're done, um, we want them to have at least two ASC certifications, you know, whatever, whatever they think, they, they like brakes or air condition, body, paint, whatever. Um, but that's the goal at the end of five base. You know, they learn, the technical stuff in those two bays, and then they come to these three bays and they learn the tactical stuff there, folks, um, and put it all into play. Um, so I started the business with no knowledge, man, of really how to how to run a business. But being in so long in the military that uh, you you know you've held formations, you've done this, you've done that, kind of tight. You take what you've learned throughout those 20 plus years and you put it into play. You just tweak it so it's all, you know, uh, more civilian for what you're going to do. And then you ask about employees. Um, employees, man, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. So there was one day where I was, um, I was out here uh, doing some painting and stuff like that. And there's two young adults, man, riding up and down. On their motorcycles, so I wave my hands and I whistle, ask them to come over, and um, they uh, they came over and I said, "Hey, what do you do well?" Like I remodel stuff, so I hired my first two dudes like that. Um, I hired my first two dudes like that. So they showed I showed them this office where we're sitting right here, this waiting room, and I said, um, "So how much are you going to charge me to get this done?" One of the kids was like one fifty, like one fifty. I was like, an hour, right? He was like, no, for the whole thing. I was like, whatever. So they came in here. I kept them for three weeks doing this job, and I paid them 150 bucks a day. And um, I kept them for an additional two months after that, well, at least one of them, uh, because the other decided to get into bad habits, continue drugs and stuff. Um, so I hired a kid like that, you know. His priorities kind of changed, so I had to let him go. And then I hired a veteran that just retired three weeks ago. You know, Tom, you're doing good, man. Yeah, so that's that's great. Uh, so our other friend just walked in. Um, Joel, he's he's a silent he's a silent partner here. Just stopped by to say hi. So, uh, but you know, so like I said, I. 
this podcast is just to like help people out, right? Um, because for me, there's a lot of things where I, I just don't know. I don't know where to start. I'm a big dumb animal, right? But I'm smart enough to know that technology is great, and so I asked, "Go on Google, right? Get on the internet, you know, type in." Hey, I, I don't know. I know nothing about podcasts, right? Not a clue. I barely turn the computer, but I could type into Google like, "How do I start my own podcast?" And it was step by step told me how to do it, which were the good programs, which was a good mic, because as you can see, this. Microphone is ridiculous. I never would even have known this thing existed. Right? Uh, so, besides, like, you know, you're talking about our military training. Like, did you have, when you got out, like, I know us, I talked about SFL. A lot of people like to complain about it, but it's geared towards broad audience. And so, like I stated, you know, there are a lot of things in there that. I just didn't need. But you know that young 22-year-old? He might need that. He's never balanced a checkbook. He doesn't know how to like start his utilities, you know? Was there anything that you used? I know you mentioned that your wife helped you out with like, uh, some stuff getting starting the business and just like doing the books. Can you uh, just like describe like, any resources that you used or like how, how did she help you out with this? Um, so resources I used were, were people, right? I even I even point to Joel there. Um, he was running a business. He's been running a business for a while. Um, so I, I got pointers from him and um, other people that were not even in the military, right? To see how how uh, how the civilian life was. Um, organizations, man, I couldn't tell you. There were so many. Um, the one you mentioned on, on the, the first episode. Uh, Higher Heroes. Higher Heroes. Onward Opportunity. Yep. That one. Um, man, so many. And um, they were very helpful. You know, to include the, um, the Wounded War Foundation. They helped out. Um, uh, what's the one here for? The Care Coalition? Care Coalition, yep. I still talk to the guy that helped me out, you know, Sean Rooney, he's in Germany. Um, he links me up with a lot of people just to get me started, right, in, in, in the real world on what it's going to be like. Um, you know, my brother-in-law, because he runs a business. Um, just people, man. I use uh, people that I have met in the past even people I just didn't, didn't even know. Um, just asking them the best practices. You know? And like you, don't, don't Google. So uh, you were talking about your uh, resume earlier. Did you get any help? So for me, I haven't written a resume since, I think, nineteen ninety six. Right, so it needed to be ugly. Uh, so I used, uh, there was a website on there, Zed, right? I think I paid like 20 bucks for the month. Zen business? Huh? Zen, you said? Zed. Zed yeah. and, and all, it just makes your resume. You just go in there and type in what you want. 
and it'll give you different formats and give you cover letters. Did you, how did you come up with your resume? Um, that was um, through the Care Coalition. Okay. Care Coalition, Sean Rooney, he, uh, he connected me with some folks, and um, I used I templates that they had given me. I used, I sent my resume to, to a lot of people. I sent my resume to a lot of people so they can go ahead and ready and tell me what they thought, you know. And um, that's what helped out was just um, getting it all tweaked to where it made sense. You know what I mean? Because yeah, there's a lot of stuff that that we have on our on our evaluations and stuff like that, but. To me, a lot of that stuff wasn't quite, I don't know, just didn't seem where It doesn't transfer over. Yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff didn't, didn't transfer over. There's a lot so, of stuff in the civilian world that they're just yeah. not concerned with. Right. And um, another one was, uh, I forget their name, but it's a special operations um, something. Anyway, Tommy Stoner, he's last, the last person that ever reviewed my, my resumes, you know. The uh, civilian one and, and the, uh, the federal, and he tweaked them and made them better. You know. So I don't know about you, but during like the, you know, I mentioned I had like nine interviews, right? There was one instance where I went to a job fair and I just had a general resume, so I I gave it out to everyone there. I didn't care what the business was. I gave them my thirty second speech and gave them my resume. Uh, I didn't hear back from this company. It was a veteran-owned company. They do business about Fulbright. And this gentleman calls me, asks me if I'm interested in this program manager position. I was like, yeah, because I didn't have a job. I wanted to work. I, I didn't want to be on terminal leave for two months because it's too much time. Um, so, he's, so he's telling me, he's trying to tell me, trying to help me out, right? He's like, oh, your resume is real pretty. It's like, but it doesn't say what I needed to say. It's like, I gave you a general resume. It wasn't for this specific job. Then he started, I don't know, kind of talking down to me, saying, like, so you had the education. I didn't have the opportunity to do the education. So I would have taken that job so I could provide for my family. But I knew just from those two sentences that he said, it's like, I'm not going to last very long. This guy is not, he's they're still introducing himself as. I formed the first argument, so it's like, the whole point is to help people out, that's what this podcast is for, and how people to try and make that jump. I explained, I explained to our, my buddy Drew, right, like, hey man, like, yeah, I was born and raised in East LA, and I went back to visit my mother years ago, took my daughter up to East LA so she could see it. Rolled up the windows, locked the doors. She asked, are we going to get out? No, you're not getting out. We're driving by the house where I grew up. We're not stopping. If I could help her, why not even slow down? And I never want to go back. I joined the military so I could grow. Half. Now it's time to leave. I'll look back. But I'm not going to live there. Have you had any instances with people like I described, or any instances where, you know, you still miss it. 
maybe you might want to go back. No, I don't want to go back. I mean, what I miss is like um, settings like this where you have guys that you can trust in the room. They, yeah, guys that you can trust in the room. Because those that you don't trust, they wouldn't be in that circle anyway. Um, that's what I do miss. So when you guys come visit me like on Friday or, or whatever and it's early, shop is close to 5.30, but if you guys show up at 2 or at 1 o'clock, I'm closing the shop, man, we're going to hang out and we're talk. Um, but back to your question, I just miss some of the people, not all of the people, but those individuals that remember where they came from. You know what I mean? Because there's guys that retire or get out. You know, like, well, I did this, or this is who I was. Nah. Or this is who I am. Nah. Back when I left, um, Germany came here, that first job, that was a, uh, that was a volume of books, man, that I just closed. So now we're starting a whole new, whole new life. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know Fort Bragg at all, there's this big command building, 18th Airborne Corps. First callback I got was from an interview up there. I didn't know because it said the Army Reserves. So, well, I, I might be able to work there. And after talking to the young lady, it's like, okay, so just come up to 18th Airborne Corps. You know, we'll do another interview. That's where you're going to work. It's like, I wish you would have put that in the job description because there's no way I will ever work there. I would rather be homeless, male prostitute, I don't know, but I will never work at 18 because I just don't want to work in that environment. And I just wanted, I didn't phrase it to her that way, but I thought it was just better that I was honest with and go accept the job and just not even show up the first day because I'm dreading it. Because that's what was going to happen. So I try to keep these podcasts a little, you know, a little lighthearted. So before we sign off, I want to give you an opportunity. Is there anything else you want to add? Do you want to let everyone know where your shop is? Uh, Sure. So, um, what I will add is that um, here at the shop, you know, it's called Lockstep Automotive Solutions. Um, we're here 1320 North Brightwood, Spring Lake. Um, you just don't have to come out here to car fix. You can just come out, hang out, sit on the bench, and talk. You know, if there's people that just want to hang out and talk, that's cool, too. And it doesn't have to be about cars. It can just be about life. And life outside the military or I'll give pointers of when I was in the military, but I don't ever start off with, hey, I'm a former, former first sergeant. Hey, I'm a former this. I start off with, hey, I'm Luis. I go by junior. And I'm easy going, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm really transparent. You know, I tell people the truth, even if they don't want to hear it. Yep, you've been like that ever since I met you back in 2006. So, and I greatly appreciate it. So, for everyone, I don't know what three people that, are, that actually listen to this podcast. Um, there's no video because I was told I have a face made for radio. Uh, and then my daughter told me that I have a voice made for silent films. So 
it has to be one or the other. So I apologize that you have to listen to my voice. Uh, but since I have you both here, Joel, I don't know if you want to, you could whisper it to Junior if you want. Uh, so we try to keep and end on a, you know, keep it lighthearted, right? Uh, what's with the beer? I'll let you go first. Why is it that every, every person who retires from the military doesn't just grow a beard, but it's like, I want to grow the longest beard, a ZZ Top beard. I don't do that. Keep my control. This is the longest I've had. Not me. I want to grow mine ugly. I don't. I do. I don't get it either. Everybody wants to get out of the military. I'm like, shit. <laughs> so, so, Junior, what'd you, what'd you tell me the other day? It was a, so I heard uh, it's a freedom beard. Freedom beard, you know? From several. And I was like, you know what? That makes sense. Because as soon as they, like I said, the medic from the Sarmier King was like, hey, go do your thing. I grew a freedom for him, man. To the point of word. I mean, I don't have it good like his. But, you know, mine was really a freedom for him. I mean, was, yeah, I need a relaxer or something. That's bad. My wife would braid it. That's how long it was at some point. And then I was like, I got to shave this stuff off. And I just kept a beard, man. So I like it. For now. Oh, that's fine. I was just curious because I, I did three days of trying to grow my Danny Trejo mustache. And after three days, like, I can't do this. I quit. I was afraid to win. <laughs> just do it, man. Just go with it. Um, so, aside from that, uh, my grandbaby, she wants me to plug her, her best friend. You know, Matt? Over? Yeah. Um, so he has this French bulldog. Uh, French bulldog's name is Taco. Right? That little puppy has an Instagram page. It does. Tuesday Bone Taco. My grandbaby loves that puppy, and she wants me to make sure that everybody gets on Instagram and we like Taco's pictures. That's her best friend. I'm no longer her best friend. That puppy is her best friend. So, Taco, congratulations. You won, buddy. You weren't afraid to win. And with that, uh, talk to you next time. As always, zot, zot, zot. Roll time.